Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is a podcast from The Bugle. You sit in the chair, unsure if you're comfortable or uncomfortable, arms constrained under the cape, and you try to avoid your own eyes in the mirror. The artiste behind you snips and hums. You'd asked for something specific, but he seemed dubious and you'd lost confidence. Just the usual, you'd said, and then kicked yourself. You shift uncomfortably. The faux leather squeaks in a sort of flatulent way, and you try to shift again in the exact same way to make it clear that the noise was made by the chair and not your bottom, but it doesn't make the noise again, and you worry it just looks like you're shifting uncomfortably because you did a fart. The artiste steps back, gathering a hand mirror to angle into infinite reflections of the back of your own head, a thing man was not meant to know anything about. You marvel briefly at the technology that has brought us to this point and glance perfunctorily at the reflection. You stop, arrested. It's beautiful. It's perfect. It's the Gargle. Welcome to the Gargle. This is the Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are returning champion, Tiff Stevenson. Hi. Hello. A returning champion. I like the idea that I've won something. Sure, I'll take it. Yeah. I'm in London where um, where yesterday I dressed as if it was October and that was very stupid of me. I like put winter boots on and um, the shops are playing. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I think it's beginning to look a lot like global warming. <laughs> you guys are supposed to have the hot Christmas, not us. Yeah, there's nothing more Australian than uh, plastic snow melting in 40 degree heat. <laughs> and new champion, Dan Illich. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm, 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 my, my head is sore from the weight of this crown. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I sort of like the idea that you enter a championship already with a crown, and then someone has to like. <laughs> yeah, you got to knock it off. You got to. That's the aim of the game. The aim of the game is to take my crown. Come on, come get it. And the front cover this week is 1,000 grifters rushing to the front to figure out how they can make the Middle East situation uh, pay out their rent this month. Uh, The satirical cartoon is a slender yet busty babe tearfully accepting a crown with various current controversies swirling around her and a sash that reads, Misinformation. Lol. (laughs) 
I mean, look, I know this is a politics-free zone, uh, but I was I had to do the bugle yesterday, and uh, it's always just a horrifying confrontation between like your dream of doing the bugle which is always so much fun and the reality of a news week in which some horrifying global news is breaking and you think oh f how do I write jokes about this there is nothing funny about this uh, and so what I ended up doing uh, because I, it turns out I can't read news about the Middle East because I'm too pregnant right now uh, <laughs> and all I end up doing is reading a news story and then like weeping uncontrollably and going like but they're all someone's baby um, and so the only angle I've been able to take is like finding the worst grifters uh, <laughs> like Even my favourite ones they're hot yeah. takes my favorite one is the evangelical Christian who thinks that this is like great because it's the next step towards the apocalypse. That was fun. <laughs> oh God, that makes us um, what second or third tier grifters uh, by commenting on grifters. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that how the grifter industrial complex works? We're grifting yes. from the grifters now. Trickle down yep. grifter economics. <laughs> yep, we're the flea on the back of the flea. Our top story this week is Vermont news, uh, and this is the news that uh, a small town in Vermont has banned social media influencers from coming and taking beautiful beautiful pictures of its beautiful fall foliage. Uh, Dan Illich, uh, we don't say fall in Australia, but you've fallen over. Can you unpack this story for us? Oh, yes. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that this is actually happening because I, I, don't, I can't imagine anyone wanting to go out to the middle of the bush to take photos of leaves. Leaves <laughs> exist everywhere. <laughs> this is an extraordinary story. There's a small country to town uh, in Vermont and there is a, uh, like a, a private farm that all these influencers have all seen together on Instagram and they all flock to this farm to take the exact same shot of them frolicking in leaves in this bucolic kind of setting. They bring their own dressing rooms. This is extraordinary. They, they, they bring their own dressing rooms to get in, dressed into different outfits uh, and then they have to decide where on in this farm they will drink their pumpkin spice latte. That is what's <laughs> happening here. It is extraordinary. It is uh, so bizarre. It's, it's turned this small town or this small um farm into you know a, a global tourism destination and it's so strange the way the americans kind of articulate fall or or autumn as the rest of the world <laughs> talk, talks about it they say they say that all the tourists have turned up in peak foliage season peak foliage season i'm pretty sure in australia we don't have peak foliage season we've got peak spider season peak moth season uh and there's one season that does draw out the australian influencers which really annoys me uh particularly at my old neighborhood in bondi beach when influencers make their way down to the sand to take thousands of photos of beached backpackers from britain uh, they're, they're there in all the shades of pink you can imagine salmon rose flamingo magenta this is what we have to deal with in australia beached backpackers we're talking we're talking peak peak beach backpacker season that's what we're going to deal with tiff would you go to a remote farm to take the best leaf picture i don't know we get pretty good foliage here i mean autumn foliage is the nickname for my pubes by the way just um <laughs> this is this is the new nimby isn't it but literal not in my backyard. <laughs> Do not take photos in my backyard. Um, 
make like a tree and just get the hell out of there, guys. They're calling them <laughs> leaf peepers, which is um, <laughs> which is which is cute. It makes it sound a little bit like a little bit saucy. Look at these leaf peepers. I I've been to the <laughs> Sex and the City apartment in New York because it's around the corner from where my friend lives, and um, that is a very like kind of touristy hot spot for selfies. And there is a big big sign kind of going, "Do not get on the steps. No trespassing." And they've had to put a chain across it but I do kind of think that goes hand in hand with going you rented it out for this iconic tv show like this is going to happen now maybe sell it if if this is too much but here's here's my thought a the town should start charging a toll if if like it's it's mucking up the area and no one's there the rest of the time like start charging a toll to come into the town that'll put off a, a bunch of them uh but do you really want to I mean I would say for me if I was the person in the photo do you really want to be photographed next to natural beauty anyway? Because it's only going to show you up. You need to learn this <laughs> as a lesson. Like, I don't look as good as an immense sunset. I cannot compete with that. Like, when I was in Norway, I once took a photo of myself next to a fjord. And I was like, I was sure it made me look fat. I was just convinced. <laughs> so next to a lake, you're do you always... Do you love my lovely lady lumps or do you love these rolling hills? The rolling, mm. the rolling hills, the peaks and the valleys. <laughs> the problem with the fjords is you know they're losing weight every year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, um, it's, not, it's, not, it's bikini season all year round in the fjords. Uh, and next to a lake, you're always going to look unmoisturized. That's just how, that's just how it is. <laughs> Uh, but, but 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 Dan's right. People are turning up with changing rooms and different outfits, which did I read that and I just went, oh, I hate everyone. Like, because if you're doing it, if you're doing it to that level, if you're bringing a changing room and a photographer and everything else, that means you have sponsorship and you're getting paid. So like, do the decent thing and hire a place to take your photos and then you can live stream your fashion show while a cow shits in the background and no one cares. <laughs> but like, this is this is someone's house that they're like, oh, this feels a little bit like... We can't, you know, and all the locals are like, I'm just trying to get to work and I cannot, I cannot even drive down the road. I, th I think the thing I find most offensive about them bringing uh, changing rooms is the hypocrisy because they're willing to peeping Tom at the leaves, but they're not willing to let the leaves have a look at their <laughs> bum hole. <laughs> fair. Yeah. Fair. yeah Either I that? can look at you and you can look at me. Yeah, that tree over there's a ripe curve. It wants to it wants to see it wants to see what's going on. Yeah, it just What kind of outfits are they doing? Are they doing a full year of a of a of a fashion parade? Well, no, are they're they doing, doing their autumn, summer, they're sort winter, of doing their autumn. Autumn outfits, just autumn. Just autumn, just autumn. Yeah, yeah. You'd want to do it all at once, particularly in foliage season, you know. <laughs> you want to do bikinis in foliage season. You want to do you want to do you want to do everything in foliage season. I mean, the thing about Australia is we have very few, if any, na native deciduous trees. So in our autumn, which we don't call fall, but the occasional tree will drop a leaf. And I, I quite like to walk around in foliage season and point at the trees that are dropping leaves and go, imposter, intruder, go back to where you came from. <laughs> That's my favourite. We do have something very similar in um, Sydney with jacarandas. Jacarandas are a uh, beautiful pink flower, purple flower from South Africa, I believe. And Sydney is full of these jacarandas. And there's a couple of suburbs when the jacarandas are blooming, people go out and take photos of themselves in certain streets with the jacarandas. And But the thing is, jacarandas themselves are also an invasive species. <laughs> and how how all these jacarandas propagated themselves throughout Sydney was this. I don't know, this, this could be apocryphal, but I, it's still an interesting story. <laughs> there's no facts on this podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> Apparently, there was an obstetrician who, whenever um, they would deliver a successful birth, they would give they would give the parents a jacaranda that they cultivated at home, and and they would plant that jacaranda in their in their garden. So she eventually kind of could one day look upon Sydney and see all these jacarandas and see where all of her babies have been delivered. <laughs> I like it. I like the ego behind that. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, she's a maniac. <laughs> the most benevolent form of colonialism. Yeah. But also, can I just flag, I could be wrong here. Foliage season doesn't make sense because foliage is, you know, pretty much 75% of the year until the leaves fall off. And there is foliage just means leaf. So leaf season is, there's leaves in the summer, there's shoots, there's blossom. Leaf season is technically... Once the leaves have come out and the flowers have blossomed all the way through to, I don't understand. Foliage season doesn't make sense. Tiffany, if you can't name it, you can't market it, you can't make a buck off it. That's why peak foliage, you need to buy a peak foliage season pass. That's the the next thing. People are going to be selling season passes to peak foliage season. Like sky, it's like saying sky season. Like, oh, it's sky season. Yep. All year round it is. I mean, it's, it's different shades, but it's definitely sky season all year. Definitely sky season. Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. Do you want to inculcate a love of horses while failing to represent any of the things that are genuinely part of the lived experience of being near a horse? Try My Little Pony. Small, pastel and often scented, they're as little like a horse as you can get while being semiotically inextricable from the concept of a horse. My Little Pony. I contain multitudes. Terms and conditions apply. This ad for My Little Pony is not targeted at the small but generally benevolent demographic of people that want to f*** them, though they do exist. Uh, just, just ruined. Just wanted, I just want to make that community oh, Ms. Fraser, included. you have my attention. <laughs> and you've ruined it for me. Well, well, you've just ruined My Little Pony. Thank you. There's an incredible piece of internet history, which is somebody uh, sending a cease and desist to a, uh, an artist who was doing erotic fa- fan art of uh, Twilight's <laughs> Twilight Sparkle, I think, and uh, saying that, no, you can't do erotic fan art because she's my wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, could you use her full name? Princess Twilight Sparkle. <laughs> Let's be respectful on this podcast. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by podcasts. Podcasts, when you don't want to be left alone with your thoughts and feelings, but you also don't want to deal with other people. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) And are you tempted to express an opinion online? Do you feel like all the subtle signals are telling you it's urgent that you first formulate and then articulate an understanding of a complicated situation? Try just not. See what happens. Instead of telling people what you think, try calling a friend or a loved one and telling them you miss them. If you have no friends or loved ones, try drinking half a glass of water. Half a glass of water, as profoundly impactful as a social media post and 500 times as effective at hydrating you as a loved one. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is the news that teens love LinkedIn, um, which is not a sentence I ever expected to say. This is the, the counterintuitive news that teenagers are flocking to LinkedIn, uh, presumably because it's too uncool even for boomers. And isn't that the coolest thing? Uh, Tiff Stevenson, you're, you're in touch with teens. Can you unpack this? You're about story to say I'm us? a boomer because I'm just going to leave the podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to leave. I would never uh, <laughs> say such a thing. Um, yeah. Apparently, to some high schoolers burned out on FOMO and thirst traps, the networking platform is the way social media should be. So there's a little quote here from a guy called Zachary Clifton, which, come on. Uh, <laughs> Zachary Clifton <laughs> is a place for connection and a place for celebration. He's a high school senior and unabashed LinkedIn evangelist. It's such a celebratory, positive, uplifting environment. It's honestly more wholesome to celebrate people's professional or academic success on LinkedIn <laughs> than to post on Facebook, which errs on the side of gossip or speculation. <laughs> All right, Zach, chill out, mate. In case you need some generational <laughs> translation, wholesome is high praise from Gen Z. Um, look, I don't claim to know much about this site, apart from the fact that it's been unrequitedly chasing me for at least 15 years. And I've just been saying no, no, and it chases harder. Like it's, I've played hard to get with LinkedIn, and it's really, it's really gone for it. Um, I just, I got relentless requests, and I was like, LinkedIn, babe, I'm just not that into you. Um, but <laughs> since reading this article, I found out the only reactions you can use on a post in LinkedIn are like, celebrate, support, or funny, which frankly are the only responses desperate comedians need. Um, so we should all be on LinkedIn <laughs> for the likes, the support, or funny. Um, mm, but uh, yes, apparently yeah. there's, um, you know, teachers are encouraging it kind of going, it's basically a safe social media space. But the risk is not zero. A couple of teens shared that they've encountered grown men who had no qualms hitting on young girls, even with their full names and employers visible. Because rule number 542, if a website is this, there will be men being creepy on it. <laughs> Dan? Yeah. I, I'm a bit of a LinkedIn person. I love LinkedIn, Tiff, because of those only responses. And I am a desperate, <laughs> needy comedian. You are correct. For those of you who don't know uh, what LinkedIn is, it's a social media network for professional narcissists who primarily work in business. <laughs> and their main business is basically projecting how good they are at capitalism. Um, people who love posting on LinkedIn are never not achieving. And the sad, twisted inverse of this is that if you're actually reading LinkedIn, you're probably unemployed looking for a job. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is the yin and yang of LinkedIn. In fact, the great dirty secret of LinkedIn is that hardcore posters often pay ghostwriters to churn out think pieces about how they're achieving daily. You know, it's so weird. To it's so weird to think that you're actually achieving uh, what you're only actually achieving is that you're basically a wanker and you're you're kind of projecting to potential employers that you will be a suitable wanker to hire them also to write more LinkedIn posts on behalf of their company. That's it. And for those of you who don't know what teenagers are, um, they're like <laughs> toddlers that are horny um, and uh, they all used to have jobs 
down the mines and cleaning chimneys, but that all stopped for some reason. So now they've just got idle hands, wondering where can they put their achievements, and this is why they've turned to LinkedIn, because it is a, quote, from this article, an irony-free zone. Now, Tiffany, you brought Zachary before. You know, yeah. How he was he was saying it's a place for connection and celebration, and it, he we should celebrate our academic achievements. What are you celebrating? Another wedgie-free day, Zachary? <laughs> is this what's like you're hiding from bullies? That's all. It's just, you know, you know, face your bullies. Go to go to go back to go back to Facebook. I don't know if you know this, Tiff. You definitely wouldn't, but um, because you don't you don't saunter around LinkedIn as much as I do. But people just love telling you how honored and humble they are in their posts. Like I can't imagine, I can't imagine how this will translate for teens in school. Like I'm completely honored to become bus prefect this month. I'm happy to share that I'm sitting in a new position in Mrs. Madigan's English class. I'm so thrilled to announce that I'm in the top 20 percentile for maths and society. And I'm so humbled to be buying a meat pie and sausage roll for the year nines who didn't bring lunch to school as a matter of transparency. Yes, I am in the pocket of big lunch. I, just, <laughs> I mean, what are these kids doing? We need to relax. Are they, are they thanking their fellow classmates for getting them there and supporting them along no, their journey. A, you don't do that on LinkedIn. You say how humbled you are, followed up by how amazing you are. That, that, that's all that happens on LinkedIn. That's all that happens. That's all that happens. The article also kind of mentions that, oh, you know, Gen Z are turning to LinkedIn. I think this is the indictment on journalism because Gen Z, are the, the eldest Gen Z, they're 25 now. They should have jobs. So just relax. <laughs> so I uh, run a re- weekly writers meeting on my Patreon. And this week, so people come in with like a musical or uh, they're working on some poetry or they're working on some academic stuff. And it's really lovely because it's like a super diverse group of people. And then we workshop uh, with each other's stuff. Uh, and this week, somebody brought in their LinkedIn profile. <laughs> and it was <laughs> some of the most like productive analysis of like, meaning making through words that I've ever participated in. (laughs) So what are you trying to say and what is the language available to you? It's just like, uh, what an extraordinary thing. I I don't know that I want our teenagers to um, have access to HR speak because they've already got too much access to therapy speak and I feel the combination (laughs) of the two is so toxically meaningless that teenagers will be, be completely incapable of communicating with each other in the future. That's so yeah. true. This is just like, if you get on LinkedIn as a teen, you are only destined to become a HR manager. That is it. <laughs> that, that is it. You that could be it. working yeah. in the bakery and be like, what I feel like I'm bringing to my role today in serving you is my tenacity <laughs> and my um, skill with figures. <laughs> I just want wedding vows to be a combination of HR speak and uh, therapy speak. You know, I'm honoured and humbled to be taking up this new position, setting boundaries and healthy relationship goals with you. Ugh, so disgusting. You know, I, I know, Alice, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you offline who does this, but we have met, we have a few friends in common who ghostwrite LinkedIn posts for high-flying <laughs> advertising executives. Uh, and... I can never ever take it seriously. Everything in my everything in my body it, it prevents me from replying to an advertising executive post, knowing that a comedian has written it. <laughs> and I just want to go. This is bullshit, but I can't. I can't. I just can't do it. But you know, I'm close. I'm close to doing it. I mean, does this count as misinformation? Is the real question? Because you think it's an executive doing it, and actually, it's a comedian 
What are you, some sort it's of clown? Con- yes, actually, I've got an <laughs> award for it. <laughs> uh, now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we bring in something to review out of five stars. Tiff, what have you brought in for us this week? I would like to review um, The Sloth from the movie Slotherhouse. Um, spoiler alert, I'm in this movie. Uh, extra spoiler <laughs> alert, The Sloth is a girl. Um, this Sloth, so I'm just going to give you a quick, this is a very short-potted review. This Sloth is a three-toed hoe who tears apart an entire sorority. She drives a car, she sunbathes, she slays. She is the moment. She is a slow burn in a fast world. She has fur for days. She is dead body positive. She is the moment. <laughs> she is five stars. Alpha the Sloth, five stars. Go see my film when it comes out in whatever country you're oh. listening. If you're in America, it's already out. And um, yeah, so it's available. So you should go see it. Tiffany, you had me at fur for days. <laughs> she is pursuit in pursuit. <laughs> uh, Dan, what have you brought in for us this week? This week I'm reviewing walking. Um, the humble act of putting one foot in front of the other to ambulate from point A to point B. I think it's grossly underrated. I recently had ankle surgery and it came to a shock to me that I wasn't allowed to walk for about two weeks. Walking is a bit like oxygen. Um, It's only after you can't have it for a period of time do you truly appreciate it. (laughs) Walking in 2023 may seem quite, but it is still a reliable everyday form of transport, especially from getting to bed to the toilet or to move you closer to snacks. And for all the benefits I thought of walking to get you closer to things, it's also extremely economical for distancing yourself from things like responsibilities and toxic relationships or commitments. In fact, walking away from things is often better than walking right into something. I give walking four stars. (laughs) Four stars for walking, five stars for the homicidal sloth. Um, Also, (laughs) if you're not in America, I'm sure you have uh, some sort of VPN situation and can get into into America and figure out how to... I cannot endorse that, Alice, (laughs) but it is is being... It was out in in cinemas in the States, so... um, And I think it's on various platforms and cinema in various other places. I'm not sure if it's if it's going out in cinema in Australia, but yeah, you will, um, it's, it's coming. It's Halloween. So, you know, just, you've got to be, when it comes to a sloth, you've got to be patient because it's going to take its time. (laughs) Halloween season news. And it is ghost writing that we are talking about now. There hasn't been a writer here in 30 years, says the writer with imposter syndrome. Uh, this is the news, uh, of people who are ghostwriting college papers, people who are paying to have their academic credentials basically written and completed for them. Uh, and it's a it's a continuing problem, and uh, we are going to address it now in great seriousness. Uh, Dan Illich, can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, apparently there's a whole billion-dollar industry of people who are paid to write other people's essays for them for university. I had no idea this was a legal thing that you could do it's legal in canada and i guess the reason why i had no idea it's legal because in australia it's illegal you could go to jail for it and i think well that's well that's a real bummer that really nipped my ambitions in the butt to go ahead and start an essay writing business but you know it does say that chat gpt is taking all these folks jobs you gotta get a really feel for them this article could actually have been written by chat gpt we don't know they do they did say that this uh, they did say that the, that the contract cheating which is what it's called it's called contract cheating when you write someone's essay is worth 21 billion dollars now if that figure just plucked out of the air 
isn't a figure just plucked out by ChatGPT. I don't know what. (laughs) There's no way it could be worth $21 billion, but apparently it is, according to this article. Um, I just think, you know, who cares at this point? There's so much misinformation. Everybody's a dummy. Uh, You can can go to university all you like, but you're just going to be beaten by some guy who read something once on a PDF, dug up in Freedom of Information Act, and will completely gazump you with a thousand harebrained schemes anyway there's no point in learning anything anymore you might as well just get chat gpt to write your essay and you know we're all just going to become heads in jars anyway at some point it doesn't matter it just doesn't matter information is over forget it learning things is done we're living in extraordinary times the ghost in the ghost and machine the ghostwriter who ghostwrites for the ghostwriter this is just going to Eat its own tail. We might be achieving the singularity through sheer irony. Uh, Uh, And once you achieve the singularity, you can go on LinkedIn and say, I am so humbled I've achieved the singularity, but not you do it. Obviously, get your ghostwriter to write that for you. Oh, it's rage-inducing. Like, am I supposed to feel bad for this guy? It's this guy called Bruce Ross, and then brackets, not real name. No shit. Like, that he was getting £20 a page to do this. Then he set up a business... Uh, a website called My Essay Writer um, that promises students high grades and he's, he's like oversees a team of 20 full-time writers and I was supposed to feel bad like ha- f- firstly how is this even allowed like it's ju- it is just straight up cheating it's got teen movie I'm paying a nerd to do my homework vibes um, and so he was sort of saying that um, you know I've got this team of 20 now um, and, and it like it's worth a lot of money and what, here's, here's what I find interesting is that you've got academic ghostwriters and they're, they're like saying that their work is fair, fair game in a world where post-secondary institutions are failing their students with false promises of prestige following the completion of their degrees. And he's like, colleges are basically business and people look at what we do as a no-no, but they don't really question the ethics of what the school system is doing to a lot of the students by making these promises to them. Like, colleges are a business and you're not, sir. What is the ethics of landing a job than not being able to see through a single bit of the work because you can't be bothered or don't understand it? You'll probably just pay someone to do it for you. You'll pay them less money. Oh, I get it. He's teaching them capitalism. I've got it now. I've got it. I've got it. Um, <laughs> just pay someone less to do your work. But um, it, the quote on the website is, you shouldn't be spending your best years stressed out over assignments and have no- that have nothing to do with your career goals. Yeah, spend it getting drunk and f***ing everyone. Like, you know, it, waste an education is what he's saying. <laughs> this reminds me a little bit of the story in which people who were being asked to help program and train AIs were using AIs to help them <laughs> and that this was seen as, you know, not fair play. But it does seem to be a little bit fair play in a world where AI is taking your jobs to get AI uh, to do the job of taking your job. <laughs> I love the last paragraph of the story where it kind of delves into his own personal story where he's like, oh, I was once a rebellious teenager and then I got into a, a car accident when I was 21 and I changed my ways and I really knuckled down and I really took took learning seriously and I went from being what a t- teacher thought I was an English as a second language student to winning second prize in a provincial newspaper writing contest <laughs> four years later. And, and now I'm a say, professional yeah. criminal. <laughs> And he goes on to say, you know what? I think I can help other kids achieve their goals just like I did. And I'm like, okay, well done, Ross. This, he says in it, he says, Ross acknowledges that the AI tools 
such as ChatGPT could be a threat to his work, noting he's seen a slight drop in demand in recent months. In anticipation, this is this is mm, chef's kiss. In anticipation of these changes, Ross is already diversifying his business. For example, he's hoping to launch a tutoring division to help students approach their assignments more effectively rather than simply producing papers for them. You mean like teaching? <laughs> you mean like the thing that they're already paying for? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, the, the way that this man's logic works, uh, I think we can only be glad that uh, he's decided to help them by helping them cheat on their exams rather than by putting them into car accidents so they get the inspiration that he did. <laughs> Fake kidnapping news now. This is the news of an Australian man who faked his own kidnapping in order to be able to spend New Year's Eve with his mistress, uh, he is now having to literally pay back $10,000 for the police hours used trying to find him when his when his partner reported him missing. Uh, Tiff Stevenson, uh, <laughs> can you, you you've uh, you've done I've been in a relationship. New Year's Eve. <laughs> you've been in a rela- Tiff Stevenson, you've been in a relationship. Can you unpack this story for us? Well, his name is Paul Lira, which is a great name because it's got the word Lear in it, but also you know, Italian tender. Uh, and, and he's got to pay a lot of that as a fine. Not Italian, but $10,000. $10,000 Australian dollars for 200 hours worth of police work. So here's, here's, this is men being shits news, really. That's what we should, that's what we should call this section, men being shits. Uh, 35-year-old tradesman went to meet his mistress on December 31st, but lied to his partner about meeting with his financial guy. Like, there's the first <laughs> flat, like it's New Year's Eve. Who's meeting with their financial guy? <laughs> like, at the at the very least, you should be like, that's code for coke dealer, right? What's going that's on it. here? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> In a moment of desperation, uh, the pair sent his partner a text to buy time, but the message blew up. Despite, so the... I'm not sure about this euphemism here. Are they saying while they were coming? Like, <laughs> what do you mean by a moment of desperation? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But that, like, it's time for you to go home. I know. Let's send a hostage. So the, this was the text. It said, thank you for sending Paul to me. Now payback is a bitch. Bye bye. We'll keep us with it. We will keep him with us until morning. When he gives us his bike, we'll call it square. Like, how much has this guy low status himself? Oh, like, how much do you reckon we can get for me on the open market, babe? I don't know. Maybe like a push bike and a couple of lamingtons. Thank you for my Australian accent. You're welcome. Um, but like, that's the um, level. This is, this is, I'm afraid I'm going to have to end this podcast. That was incredibly offensive. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's that's the kind of low ball that he's gone in at. Uh, but but still, there was no flag from his partner going, they want a push bike for, I should just go to the police rather than going, this guy is clearly cheating on me. Um, he's a real piece of shit. He's gone to meet his drug dealer slash financial guy. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, so they, they basically set up a whole thing. And then even when the police found them, he, he claimed to have been taken by a group of unknown Middle Eastern men who later let him go just because they just let him go. So we're like, we don't need the bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a semi-known Middle Eastern man myself, I, uh, I would, I would let them go. Yeah, I would let him. I, would, I don't want that guy in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just some middle like, used to go. Why won't you leave my house? <laughs> keep, keep your f-ing bike, mate. <laughs> I know nothing about finance. Please, <laughs> please go away. I, I, Tiff, I totally agree with you. If I'm telling my partner I'm going to go see my financial guy, the only way I'm telling him is with a wink and a touch to the nose. <laughs> so that is, that is it. 
And I'm sure, like, if my partner said that to me, she's going to see her financial guy be like, yes, you are going to see your financial guy. It is New Year's Eve, baby. I've got some money to invest. Let me give you, let me, let me give you $700, please. Don't come back without anything in, wrapped in foil. That is, that is it. The funny thing is this guy got caught by the police barricade, got caught by the police barricade and, and, and got questioned. He's like, oh yeah, you're looking for me. Oh, of course. <laughs> that's, the, that's the dumbest thing. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, what I did enjoy, the, the, the best thing about this story was the statement that the lawyer gave to the press. Uh, it said, it said, Mr. Lira continues to enjoy the support of his family, partner, and wishes to move forward with his life as a productive member of the community. <laughs> I'm like, that is not true. Uh, I'm pretty sure his family and his partner and his financial advisor are not supporting him at all. It said that he'd made tremendous rehabilitative progress, which is like, what's the rehabilitation? Like not being a lion cheating what is yeah, he's, yeah. I have stopped f- in my defense your honor I have stopped f-ing this lady she, she was too bad at making up excuses and it killed my boner in my defense your honor it turns out she was an accountant not a financial advisor which is a whole other set of regulatory paperwork <laughs> And that brings us to the end of this episode of The Gargle. I'm flipping through the ad section at the back. Uh, Dan, have you got anything to plug? Yeah, um, if you like um, things like The Bugle and similarly to like The Gargle, I guess, um, but you like to think about more a lot about, but you like to kind of talk a lot more about Australian politics and climate change, please listen to my podcast, Irrational Fear. You can listen to it at arationalfear.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Rational Fear is a brilliant podcast, a multiple award-winning comedy podcast, and uh, I have guested on it before. If you want to start with episodes that I'm on as a way of easing yourself into the glory that is Australian (laughs) politics. Um, (laughs) Tiff, have you got anything to plug? Um, I'm going to plug Old Rope on the uh, 13th of November is the next one, and then the December 11th show. Uh, Two more for the end of the year. So if you like watching stand-ups, do new material, and uh, you're in central London, or you can get to central London, there's two shows there. And I'm also on tour with Very British Problems, uh, so you can kind of see me around the UK. That's going into next year. So, yeah. Um, And listen to all the episodes of Catharsis that are still available. Thank you to both of our guest editors for this week and thank you to our roving reporters. This week it was just Dan who sent us in the LinkedIn story. But if you would like to be a roving reporter, tweet us at HelloGarglers on the app currently known as X. I'm Alice Fraser. Uh, You can find my book, The Dancy Lagarde Reader, available on unbound.com. I've had it in the first draft and we're just putting together illustrations so it should be in your sweaty little hands fairly soon. Unbound.com. Type in Alice Fraser because I guarantee you if you type in Dancy Lagarde, you will not spell it correctly. (laughs) Mine's on pre-order. I've got a pre-order. I can't wait. (laughs) I'm so excited. I spoke to my financial guy. He's going to send me a copy. (laughs) 
<laughs> covered in white powder. You can find me on patreon.com slash Alice Fraser, where it's a one-stop shop full of my stand-up specials, podcasts, and blogs, as well as my weekly Tea with Alice salons and my writer's meetings. You can get all of that, but at the moment, it's still just a dollar a month. It is, uh, I would say, uh, insultingly cheap for all of the things that I give you, and it's mainly insulting to me. So get on board before I uh, figure out capitalism. Uh, this is an Alice Fraser and Bugle Podcast production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories, and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com